Welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle, and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 14 years. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, or I might throw in a sports story or something going on in my personal life. So welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Saturday, July 9th. We are deep in the summer. Hope everybody had a good Fourth of July and an Independence Day and celebrate this great country that we had last weekend. We just sat around. We watched fireworks. Our neighborhood does probably the best fireworks show of a neighborhood I've ever seen. I mean, it, Sunday night, it went on for about 40 minutes, and I didn't stay up for on the Monday the 4th. My wife and some friends did, and they said it was another 45 minutes of just a barrage of fireworks coming from different our neighbors' houses. So we don't live in the city limits, so it's legal for us to shoot fireworks. And some of our neighbors spend literally thousands of dollars on fireworks. But welcome, welcome, welcome. So last week's in my podcast, I asked, are we winning? There's a, you know, a lot going on in the 2A environment. We've got, you know, the big Bruin decision that came down from the Supreme Court, but then we've got these new firearm, you know, gun control laws, uh, Community Safety Act or whatever it's called getting passed. But, you know, my ultimate conclusion is that we are winning. And uh, I, I still believe that. And I just wanted to bring up a few more items that, that, that prove my point and give some hope for what's in the future. Article of the Washington Examiner talks about the gun sales passed 1 million for the 35th consecutive month. And I'm just quoting from this article from the uh, Washington Examiner. It says, gun sales in the United States have passed the 1 million mark each month for nearly three straight years, a record being driven by people who seek to arm themselves for protection against criminals, according to new data. For the 35th straight month, FBI background checks for firearms hit over 1 million, a victory for groups that have been advocating easier access to firearms for adults who can pass the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. Nix says that, quote, this is from uh, Mark Olivia, Olivia from the uh, NSFF. NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, these figures are a strong reminder of the values and freedoms for which our nation stands, including the right of individuals to keep and bear arms for Americans of all walks of life. And that, that is true. The left hates to hear it. It is true that we are a nation built on the Second Amendment and that we value that right and we, we, we value the ability to protect ourselves. And we like guns. We like to shoot them. They're fun. You know, we do. Yes, they're hunt for hunting. People like to shoot them. But it, we're just a, a, a country that, that likes the guns on the left on the coast. They don't get it. They've never been exposed to it. They don't know what it's like to live in the middle of the country. And I'm, I'm being a, a little bit stereotypical. I know there's people on all over that love guns, but the, the coastal people, the elites that just hate guns, that don't understand them and are always coming out to get them, they just don't get it. And I, I think that, you know, the more we educate, the more we can prove our case. <laughs> and again, here, here, there's, this is an example. So there's this, I came across this, project this a thing called project unloaded and it, it's about getting taking guns keeping the youth from owning guns and they give on their website their front page a lot of different statistics a lot of reasons why they exist three of the bullet points say this a majority of youth are open to begin to a majority of youth are open to buying a, a gun in the future 75 percent of young people believe having a gun in the home makes them safer Hmm, that's horrible. And it says young people make decisions about gun ownership in their teens and 20s. So, yes, we've got to indoctrinate them now. If we don't get to them now, then it's bad. They're going to always want to have guns. And so here we have a, this project that's sole purpose is to convince p- kids, young people, that guns are bad. Guns are bad. 
but we're winning that victory. The gun sales indicate it. But now, even a bigger victory. There's a couple things that are going on, and both of these are stemming from the Supreme Court cases. But one, we just had a case filed, United States of America versus Matthew Raymond Hoover. And if you don't know who Matt Hoover is, he was arrested because he was selling and promoting auto key cards. These little metal cards about the size of a credit card that had the drawing of an auto key on it of that could and an auto key is something that you can build to turn a firearm into fully auto. But this was not an auto key. This was just a card with a drawing of one on it. And he was selling these. And they said that that was, that was a machine gun. You know, much like they said a, a shoestring was a machine gun. They're claiming that that is a machine gun. And so he's been arrested. He's awaiting trial. But now, based on the Bruin case, they have filed a motion up to dismiss and... In the process, they're declaring the NFA as being unconstitutional based on Bruin. And I'm not a lawyer by any means, but I think there's some validity here. And I'll just quote from the article, one section of it, that quotes the wording from the Bruin case and talk about how that applies here. It says, and this is quoting from the Bruin case, quote, when the Second Amendment plain text covers an individual's conduct, the Constitution presumptuously protects that conduct. The government must then justify its regulation by demonstrating that it is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. Only then may a court conclude that the individual's conduct falls outside the Second Amendment's unqualified command. So what they're saying, and what they said in Bruin basically was, the Second Amendment's pretty clear. It says there, you know, an individual's right to bear arms shall not be infringed. An individual, it, it says that. It is very specific. And they said that that, if you're claiming that there's some reason why outside of that, the, that wording, you've got, it's got to be demonstrated historically and that, that this has been tradition about in terms of how we regulated firearms. And so what that, what they're asserting here in this case is, it says, to summarize, any law, regulation, or government policy affecting the right of the people to keep and bear arms, uh, U.S. Constitution Amendment 2, can only be constitutional if the government demonstrates analogous restrictions deeply rooted in American history, evidenced by historical materials contemporaneous with the adoption of the Bill of Rights. So they're saying the National Firearm Act is, is not that, that the government can't demonstrate that its restrictions are deep rooted in American history. So look out. They're coming for the NFA. Now, another Supreme Court case that's out there that I, I, that not many people talk about from the Second Amendment perspective, but I think it's kind of can end up having a big impact on the ATF primarily. And that was the West Virginia versus EPA case. And basically what that case says, and I'm going to quote from an article, in a 6-3 decision, the court restricted the Environmental Protection Agency ability to regulate greenhouse gases. This sets a precedent that could limit government agencies' capacity to establish new certain regulations. The court's decision is grounded in the major questions doctrine, which was deployed in this case for the first time. The upshot of this doctrine is that government government agencies, such as EPA, have little leeway in setting new regulations of major economic and political importance that rely on the powers not clearly spelled out in detail by Congress. So if Congress didn't put it in the legislation, you can't make it up. Who does that sound like? Yeah, it sounds like the ATF to me. 
Sounds like that is a lot of what the, the ATF just redefined what the definition of a firearm was that was in legislation. They are creating their own laws, the pistol brace regulation. That's not in the legislation anymore. It's not mentioned. So I, so the AT, the ATF is historically making up their own rules and interpretations of those rules. And so I believe potentially, I mean, and this, this could take a while to unfold, but the NFA and the ATF may be in trouble. And it, it and I say that I'm hopeful because of the, the Supreme Court that we have and the posture that they seem to be taking. And much of that is thank, goes to Clarence Thomas, who is just the, the most amazing justice out there. He is a true originalist. He believes in the Constitution and he protects it. And that is what he's doing. And so I believe they're going to start looking at these new rules under a different, different magnifying glass. And when these, if these cases make it up to the Supreme Court, I don't know if they stand a chance because again, we have always said the ATF is stepping way outside their authority and how they are creating these rules. And I believe this West Virginia versus the APA proves that. And, you know, this goes, you know, it goes back to the CDC and the COVID shots and lockdowns and all that, all that type of stuff, I think is what has led to this. And so we're going to start seeing hopefully a revolution in, in terms of how our firearm laws are put into place and how they're enforced and what the breadth of them can be. And I think they're going to get very, very narrow if the Supreme Court has anything to say about it. So a lot of good news. I appreciate you listening. Listen to my podcast, follow it, save it, follow it on Fountain. I've been getting, you know, I've had several people I know already switch over to Fountain and earn some stats. The link is still in the show notes. Share this with other people. Tell them what's going on. Make sure everybody's aware of what's going on there because we have to continue, like I say, to fight, fight, fight for our second amendment rights. Thank you very much and have a great day.